Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Broadcast 102. All cars watch closely the operator of Mayo's cloning. Police depending narcotics. That's all. Rose and close. Los Angeles 
as the white spot of America's crime map. The phrase is mine. The statistics which inspired it may be obtained by anyone interested in the work of this police department. During the era of lawlessness, now happily coming to a close, we enjoyed a minimum of large-scale crime as compared to other cities in this nation. This is not meant to imply, however, that we did not have our racketeers and so-called big shots. Many were the hoodlums who tried to muscle themselves into power, but as quickly as they began operations, we began breaking them down. It wasn't always easy. One of the most difficult men we had to break was a one-time petty pickpocket who muscled into the dope racket and made himself a big shot. His name makes no difference. He has paid his debt to society, so for the purpose of our story, we will call him Mayo Cronin. It was in 1927. One day, Chief David summoned Detective Lieutenant Speaker into his office. Come in, Peter. Sit down. Peter, you've had a lot of narcotic experience, haven't you? Yes, sir. I was up north to the State Enforcement Bureau for several years. Mm-hmm. You know who nails Cronin here, Peter? Sure, everybody knows who he is. Big shot dope peddler. Fence. Got ambitions to be a West Coast Capone. That's right. They're saying around town that I can't get it. Well, he's a pretty slick customer. None of the boys have ever been able to hang anything on him yet. He lets the mules that work for him take the rest. Yes, I know. He's the hardest sort of individual with whom to deal. But I don't think they're right when they say we can't get it. Do you? No, sir. I knew you'd agree with me. Very well, Peter. I'm going to make you captain of the combined robbery and narcotics squad. And I'm going to give you one big job. Get Cronin. Yes, sir. It may take me a year, but I'll get him. Shadow a dozen dope peddlers make arrest after arrest, but never can they put the finger on Nails Cronin. Then one day, as Detective Lieutenant Edwards, one of Peter's men, is entering police headquarters, a man approaches him. Hi, Edwards. Yes, what is it? Cronin wants to talk to you. What about? How should I know? He's coming with a cellular, he wants to talk to you. Well, I don't want to talk to you. Ah, be a smart guy, Edwards. It'll only take a minute. He's sitting right over there on his car. Well, okay. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Mills. Continue since the day you tried to pinch me for possession of liquor. <laughs> and you'll forget your face when you found that bottle in the back of my car was full of cleaning fluid. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. Yes, I understand Jim Davis has put his bloodhounds in my trail again. Yeah? Don't tell me you don't know anything about it. You work for Seager, don't you? Yeah. You don't make much money, do you, Edward? I don't need to tell you what a copper salary is. How'd you like an extra $200 a month? For what? Telling me what Seager's plans are. No, thanks. Being a little foolish, Edward. Well, I'll arrest you for bribery, Cronin. But you won't, guy. You haven't any witnesses. Two here, deaf, dumb, and blind, ain't you, sir? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, no, take anything. Well, how 
yourself out of it, but I told you no. And you'd better move that car of yours. You're parked in the yellow. I can run you in for that, you know. Oh, no, you can't. The loading zone. I just got to pick up my friends still here. So long, Captain. <laughs> You're a bribe, huh? That's just fine. What do you mean? He's worried. You must be getting pretty close to him. Sure, we're getting close to him, Captain. I'll tell you that bitch of Mrs. Hard I've been killing or he's keeping you. I'm sure of it. Well, it's worth a try. Have you booked that Mexican peddler you just bought in, Pitwood? No, he's still outside. Okay, bring him in. Right. Come in, Pedro. Pedro, we've got plenty on you to send you to the big house for a nice long stay. Oh, please, I'm going to have a not to have to Pedro. Pedro, one good citizen and taxpayer. Pedro, not a bad man. Here's the two ounces of narcotics we found on you. You can't deny that. Oh, no, but you see, this is the very first time I do anything like this. You let me go, huh? I never do it again. I think maybe we can arrange something like that. Oh, gracias, senor Capitan. Gracias. On one condition. That you do a little favor for us. Oh, gee, senor. Of course, anything I can do. You uh, know a man and his wife by the name of Howard? Mr. and Mrs. Sandy Howard? Sandy Howard? Oh, gee, I know him. I want you to buy three ounces of morphine from them. You want me to... Oh, it is a trap, huh? So you can arrest me all over again. I don't understand that. I'm arrested already. No, I don't want to arrest you all over again, Pedro. I'm after bigger fish than you. I want to arrest Sandy Howard and his wife. And for buying three ounces from them, you will let me go free? I think we can arrange it. If you promise not to peddle any more junk. No, you see, I promise. On the word, Ole Gonzalez. Well, we'll give you a chance. Now, here's what you do. You call Sandy Howard and make a date with him to make the buy. You'll have two officers hidden in the rumble seat of your car. After you've given Howard and his wife the marked money... Where do I get the marked money? Don't worry, we'll provide that. And after they've given you the morphine, you clap your hands together and say, Now I can make myself a little dinero. I clap my hands together like this and say, Now I can make myself a little dinero. That's right. That'll be the signal for the two men in the rumble seat to make the arrest. Oh, it's very simple. I'm glad for the good simple, my good friend. Pedro makes a date to meet the Howards at Baudry and First Street. Around the corner, Captain Sigurd spots six police cars with plain frozen at the wheel. Pedro, with two officers hidden in the rumble seat of his car, drives up to the corner. A moment later, Mr. and Mrs. Howard arrive in their car. Howard saunters over to Pedro and to Sigurd, watching from the opposite corner, there appears to be an argument. Something's going on, Captain. Pedro's getting out of his car. Yeah, do you suppose that Mexican's double-crossing us? I don't know, but he's getting in the hard car. And swinging around. Oh, be gone. What? Oh, and the whole thing. Of Mrs. Howard giving us a bird. She's thumbing her nose at us. Follow them. Don't let them get out of sight. Okay, Captain. Thank you. 
know his boots was on my tail, saying no horse. Yeah. Well, you won't get very far in this game. You don't wise up to things like that. Sure, we never take a chance. They wouldn't have got a thing on us if they had stopped us. Why? What do you mean? They didn't bring the morphine? Not with us. You think we're nuts? Why do you take me then? Come on, Father. Down this next block here. All right. Let's have the dough, Pedro. Yeah, but where's the morphine? It's stashed in that head. Hand us over the dough and go pick it up for yourself. Well, okay. But it's a very fine business. It's a very safe business if you do it this way. Right there in front of you. Oh, yeah. Okay, Pedro. We got the money, you got the junk. Call us up when you need some more. What's the matter? You're not going to leave me away here on Sunset Boulevard, are you? Sure, why not? But my car is all the way over on Bordrich. I cannot walk so far. It's too far. Uh, we might as well take him back, Sandy. Okay, hop in, Pedro. <laughs> your own car. How's that for service? Oh, bueno, bueno, gracias, senora, senora. I'm very much pleased to have this stuff. Very much. Now I can make myself a little dinero. <laughs> yeah, Pedro. Hey, you Sandy, look. Up? There's huh? a couple of cops in that rumble piece. Get going. Hold of them. We can't move. Our feet and hands are in the place. Okay, folks. Want to be able to get his tires now, Captain? I'll try. Almost. You hit the gas tank. There goes again. That did it. He won't go far on that flat. Worth him over to the curb. Okay, pull over. What's the first, officer? Plenty. You're under arrest for violation of the state poison act. Yeah, you'll have a hard time proving that. Not with that marked money Pedro gave you. Oh, had the soup to using a stool pigeon, huh, Copper? Listen, I'll use anything to get mail Cronin, and the sooner you realize that, the easier your life will be for the next few years. Mr. and Mrs. Sandy Howard, while Captain Figure striving to smoke out Neil Cronin, has the district attorney set their bail at $100,000 each. Buzzing are the efforts of Cronin's attorneys to lower the bail. Loud are the wailings of Mr. and Mrs. Howard, but the silent rejoinder to pandemonium, they remain in jail. Finally, after a month in the dark field, the Howards are separately interviewed. Of the two, Mrs. Howard seems the most viable. Well, Mrs. Howard, how about it? Better to give us the lowdown on Mayor Cronin? Listen, Flatfoot, I ain't talking. I told you that 30 days ago. It still goes. You still deny you're one of Mayor Cronin's mules, huh? I never heard of Mayor Cronin, and the only mules I know anything about would be bed slippers to you. It'd be sort of nice to slip into those mules of yours and wrap yourself in your filmiest negligee after a month in jail, wouldn't it, Mrs. Howard? What are you driving at? Just this. We know all about you and your husband. We know you're running dope for Neil Cronin. We know that Cronin's attorneys have been trying to reduce your bail. That, my dear Mrs. Howard, is the reason we place it so high. 
Now, after a month in jail, you ought to realize that even if he is a big shot, Cronin can't raise 200 grand to spring you and your husband. Either he can't or he doesn't think you're worth it. Oh, is that so? Well, how do you know that now, I'm a important? Now, Mrs. Howard, don't let me forget that I think you're a lady. What do you want? Certainly not you and your husband. We want nails, Cronin, and you're going to help us get it. You're him. barking up the wrong tree. All right, I know that story, and I'm tired of it. I said you're going to help us get him. Okay. For a price. Which is? Sandy's freedom. All right, Mrs. Howard. You'll go further than that. We'll do our best to get the district attorney to drop charges against not only your husband, but yourself. If you'll play ball with us until we get Cronin. It's a deal. With one more stipulation. What's that? But neither you nor your husband go back to the narcotic wagon. Okay. That's a deal, too. And if you do, he'll fix you up with a nice long-term lease on a Marine View apartment at San Quentin. So Captain Seeger and the district attorney arranged to reduce the bail on Mrs. Howard for the Cronin's attorney to meet the figure. Immediately upon her release, Mrs. Howard is taken to the detective's office. Well, Captain, here I am. Practically a free woman again. That's fine, Mrs. Howard. Now what do I have to do to spring Sandy? Well, let's see. We've got to make this sound legitimate. I'll tell you. You call Cronin and tell him you want to buy 100 ounces of morphine so you can raise the dough for Sandy's release. Okay. Hand me the phone. You know, Cap, I never thought much of cops before I met you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Why, now I almost got myself believing you're human beings. I... Hello, Nails. Yeah, this is Birdie. I... Yeah, I just got out. And say, Nails, thanks a million for stringing me. Gosh, I don't know what to say. I... Yeah, that Peggy ain't no boudoir. But say, how about Sandy? Oh, I know you ain't got a hundred grand, but I ain't got a husband neither. I... Listen, here's the dope. I can unload a lot of stuff. My customer's tongues are hanging out. Yeah. Say about a hundred ounces. What? Four grand? What? Ain't that a little steep? I... Okay, I gotta get that guy of mine out of jail no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Nails. In an hour. Well? He fell for it. I'm to go to the top of Angel's Flight in an hour from now, get a cab there, and go to the corner of Forth and Alvarado. There'll be a car there waiting for me. It'll take me to him, only I... Only what? Oh, he wants me to bring the cash with me. Four thousand bucks. Four thousand dollars? You haven't got that much money available for purchases. Well, that's the deal. Cash on the line. Well, all right. I got a friend who can raise it. I'll sign my personal note for it. Your personal note? Sure. You don't know how anxious I am to get that bird. <laughs> Captain Sugar follows Mrs. Howard and takes $4,000 in marked money from Angel's Flight to the corner of Fourth and Alvarado. Where Mrs. Howard transfers from the cab to a yellow coupe driven by a Negro chauffeur, which takes her to the corner of Highland Avenue and Sunset Boulevard, where she again changes cars. We enter the armored limousine of Mayor Cronin, which immediately starts up Highland for Mulholland Drive. Here, for fear of being detected by the wily Cronin, Seeker is forced to abandon the case and return to his office. There, for the next several hours, he nailed bitingly awaits a telephone call from Mrs. Howard. Finally, it comes. 
Who goes, Susan? This is Bertie Howard, Cap. Where are you? Down on the beach at the Tango Canyon. What happened? He had the stuff stashed down here in the canyon. I turned over the dope room and picked up the merchandise. Are you alone? Yeah, you left me. You've gone to his house on South Yeah, Street. I know where it is. Well, he's either there or at his service station on Beverly. Okay, Bertie. We'll get on him right away. You want a car to pick you up? No, thanks. I've still got bus there. While Figger leads one detachment of men to Cronin's house, another detailer detective speeds to Cronin's gasoline station to watch out for him. At the house, Figger runs into an unforeseen difficulty. Hey, Joe, you and a couple of the boys see it around at the back of the house. Those dogs are better than a siren. Don't let anyone make a getaway. Right. We can't go and shoot the street. This town will chance to pick you. A couple of slugs over this room. Hey, wait a minute. Somebody's opening the door. Quiet down these dogs and let us in. You heard me. Quiet down these dogs. Now listen, girlie. I like dogs. But I hate to have to shoot such nice animals as these. But if you don't quiet them down, they'll let them have it. Oh, 
found that book of poetry. Well, let's forget literature for a minute. Hey, look, for the love of Mike, look at those five gallons of alcohol. A sight for sore eyes. Now, at last, we've got something on Mr. Neal's program. Must be 50 pounds in there. And look at the package you're not cutting. I don't care about that. You can find my four grams. Oh, there's a great block. And I know you are. My nose is just gone. Open it up, quick. Mm. Throw a lot of dough in there. Let's see it. Boy, what a relief. What do you mean, Jeff? Here's my four grand all marked and tucked away. This is all we need on Mr. Cronin, boys. The case is closed. What we want now is Mr. Cronin himself. Let's go. Let's go. To his service station. <laughs> Leaving Cronin's house under guard of two detectives and placing the Negro maid under arrest, Siegel and his men drive to Cronin's service station. Approaching the brilliantly lit corner, they drive up behind the police car, which has been detailed to search the place. Captain Siegel talks to his men. How about it, Shipwood? He's in there. He's been in there for an hour and a half. He's got a lie on him all the time. Good. Come on. How'd you make out at the house? Well, he's got plenty on this bird now. Yes, there he is. Put him behind the desk in there. Come on. Well, 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 if it ain't the law. Well, I'm your left, Cronin. You guys could waste my time and yours. You know you can't get anything on me. We got plenty on you now, Conan. Well, what's the charge? Violation state poison act. <laughs> Why don't you get a new guard? We mean business, Conan. We're taking you in. Well, keep your bracelets in your pocket. I'll go along. I'll be out a half hour after I get to Central. Have a few, Chief. Call them out so you send them to meet your Central. Yeah, okay. A lot of good that'll do, Conan. That's what you think. <laughs> Captain Sugar escorts the Edison Cronin into the squad room at Central and presents him with the facts. Now, Cronin, listen carefully. I'll demand the mouthpiece. Don't say a word. You don't have to. And we ain't letting you talk to your mouthpiece, are we, boys? Hey, this is unconstitutional. Well, I'll find when to talk about constitutionality. Well, it can't make me talk. Now, listen, Cronin, will you be quiet for a minute? So far, you've done all the talking. Now, listen. Just this. No one's asking you to talk. We're just asking you to listen. I see. Better get a bedtime story, eh? Time don't pay. The policeman's your friend and all that bunker. Eh? You'd be a lot better off if you'd listened to him before. I'll pipe down and get this. You're through. We got enough on you to send you up for a neat little set. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't got any tricks up my sleeve. Now, here's the lowdown. You sold a hundred ounces of morphine to Mrs. Howard today. He paid you with my money. Money I marked myself. We just raided your house and recovered that money. And you know what we found when we found the money. Fifty-five gallon cans with alcohol and $10,000 worth of narcotics. Well, how about it, Nail? Does your mouthpiece will do you any good now? That you can talk a jury out of that evidence? Captain. Yeah? Can, uh, may I talk to you privately? Sure. Come on into my office. You'll uh, pardon us, won't you, boys? Sit <laughs> yeah, down, man. Sit down? Yeah. Thanks. Right. 
Jerry. Oh, what's on your mind? Let's go, Captain. You really got the goods on me? Enough to give you a maximum session. Hold it. Hold it. Sort of. Let's go, Captain. Here's a two. Two to my first deposit box. Fifty thousand dollars in that box. Two cents for two. Fifty cents for twenty grand. I can't let you go now. I know it. But all I ask is this. You take twenty grand and forget some of the evidence you've got against me. No, I better take some kind of a lap. You can make it easy on me, Captain. How do you know I won't take the whole fifty grand? Because you're an honest man, Captain Sugar. Boys, Nolan just offered me a twenty thousand dollar bribe to go easy on him. Here's the key to his safe deposit box. I guess that's what you're used to, Captain. Come on. You're right, Conan. I'm an honest man, and I'm not taking any bribes. That, my dear Conan, is part of the job of being an honest man. Captain, Captain, give me that, Captain. Just give me that, Captain. Who are you, Captain? Ah, take it to yourself, Sergeant. Well, boys, there goes the man they said Jim Davis couldn't get. There goes the big shot of the Los Angeles racket. There goes a big cry, lady. Yeah. He reminds me of that guy in a gangster picture, Cap. He could stick it out, but he couldn't take it. Thank you. 